You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Check one, two, one, two. What's good, everybody? It's Jason Jones of The Athletic, culture writer, NBA writer, a little bit of everything. I'll talk a little bit about that later, but I'm here to bring you my, or should I say, the latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast, where I talk Sacramento Kings basketball, and I talk hip-hop music, and I talk whatever else comes to my mind, or that I feel is pertinent. So, let me just jump out by saying, first off, uh, some, some, I'm sure some of you have noticed that my King's writing has kind of curtailed or tailed off a lot during this little preseason stretch. Uh, simple explanation for that. Uh, there'll be more coming on that, but the short form version is uh, over at The Athletic, uh, I'm being my day-to-day King's coverage is being cut back so that I can focus on some other things. Uh, not abandoning the Kings, not going to stop paying attention to them or anything like that, but I'm going to uh, divert some of my time to give you some different kind of stories, more stories, and jump on the Kings when there's a big story, some important thing, some important stories to tell, that kind of thing. So, uh, the powers that be at the Athletic will explain that a little f- further in a few days, I believe, but it's going to kind of give you the gist of what's going on. No, I have not forsaken the Kings completely, but you won't be getting a bunch of daily practice updates and things like that. And I won't be live tweeting every game and things of that sort. So, you know, it's a lifestyle change for me, a chance for me to do some different type of stories. One of them I hope you caught uh, or dropped again, you know, this week, um, a story on the 20th anniversary of the movie Training Day and kind of diving into my movie bag and to, talking about Denzel and the role and Rampart and all that stuff and it'll probably bleed over into this podcast I'm getting some hip-hop stuff definitely for the athletics culture vertical uh especially with that Super Bowl uh halftime show they got well, having down in Inglewood back in February talking about Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige you know I'm going to be talking about that writing about that and bringing some of that talk over to the podcast so just a little heads up on what's going on that being said, it's time for preseason overreactions. One of my favorite things about the start of a new season, preseason overreactions. Uh, Kings got off to a you know, solid start on uh, Monday, beat the Phoenix Suns 
117 to what was the score, y'all? Yeah, one. I, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm make sure I read the score right. 117, 106. Uh, you know, important guy. You know, first off, you know, important guys aren't playing for the Suns. I don't really care what the score was. Really don't. I could care less what the score was of the game. You know, from King's perspective. Um, let's just go ahead and jump right into the thing that everyone cares about or seemingly cares about the most is the starting lineup. One thing we expected that happened, Tyrese Halliburton starting in the backcourt with De'Aaron Fox. Kings fans and everyone go, yay, 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 Tyrese is starting, yay, it's, it's, it's fine about time, yay, we want Tyrese starting. What some of you I'm sure didn't like was Marvin Bagley started at power forward. And here come the, oh, no, we should play the game small and start Harrison and Buddy at the three. Blah, 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 blah. Again, first preseason game. To me, it's really no big deal who starts. But I'm going to come out and say this. I don't like the idea of starting Harrison Barnes at the four to start a game and starting a game with Buddy at the three. And my main reason is this. I mean, you know, just for those who were saying, you know, starting lineup, you know, was trash. We hated Boo, Fire Luke. What's he doing? For, I'm gonna say why I am not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of the Kings starting a lineup that small when they've had so many defensive issues in recent years. To me, you're walking into a game at a deficit. You're basically coming in saying that. You know, we're going to go in and <laughs> give up size and points early on, and they can't set that tone. Is Marvin Bagley, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or Anthony Davis defensively? No. I think we all saw last season where Marvin was defensively. A lot of times it wasn't pretty. But I think it. Get, I think starting Marvin, at least in this one little game, gives you, makes sense. To me, it just makes sense. To, to go that way. I know people don't like it. I know people are going to, you know, this will be the first of many reasons why you all hate Luke. Some of you all hate Luke Walton. But I don't hate that decision, you know, and, and for the preseason opener. And if they stick with it going to the regular season, I don't hate it. You know, sure, the best lineup last season was with Harrison at the four. But I also think you can't risk wearing Harrison down at the four. All season, I, and I think you need to keep some, back, especially given the lack of depth on the wing, where really your only wing with real size on the bench at this point would be Mo Harkless. I know you're going to use Terrence Davis probably there in some spots too, but you have to have some balance with your starting lineup in your bench. You can't come off the, you know, if you're starting Mo and Harrison, if, say, you know, some odd happens, they both get in foul trouble. You now have no size. You know, you have no wings with size at all. None. Your biggest wing player then becomes hmm, Terrence Davis and Tyrese Halliburton. Probably Tyrese is your biggest wing player. Yeah, I don't think you want to do that. So, I know everyone's going to whine and complain and, you know, and you know, just wham, wham, wham. Why is he doing this? To me, it's not that big of a deal. And for this, the way this team is going to be constructed, I really do believe that it's really going to be more about not so much how, who they start, but, you know, I know it's cliche, but who they finish games with. And I think they'll finish games with Harrison playing the four. But 
you know, we'll see. But I would, I just kind of followed the social media uh, banter about that decision, and it was kind of funny how people were just like, "Oh my God, this is terrible." I'm not, I don't want to overreact. You know, all that type of stuff. You know, me having an understanding of what they're thinking and knowing what they want to do, and it's like I said, as far as keeping balance with your second unit. You know, you don't want to have a whole second unit of little, you know, of all big guys, all little guys. I understand, and I don't necessarily disagree with that decision. Um, the second part of that, like I said, Tyrese started, and just not, that's no surprise that that was that was a step I think everyone saw coming. Tyrese in the starting lineup, which meant Buddy Hill comes came off the bench, and I'm sure they'll look at different ways of doing that, but. I, I've said it before, and I think the numbers have always bear it out. Buddy Heald is a much more efficient player off the bench. Does this mean Buddy's not going to play a lot? No, of course not. But I think you need, you know, one thing that hurt the Kings last season was with the lack of depth and balance they had on their roster, especially to start the season. Really, until, really until they got DeLon right, you didn't have a guy who, could, who you, I think, offensively scared anyone or could generate offense with your second unit. Tyrese was kind of that guy, but I mean, he was a rookie. And as good of a rookie as he was, he was still a rookie. I think putting Buddy with the second unit gives you a guy who you legitimately have to defend from the jump. He's going to come out shooting. I mean, he did it on Monday. He'll keep doing that no matter what. But I like then you can pair him with Davion Mitchell. No, no, you're bringing in a guy who defends along with Buddy. But one thing I think that was interesting that uh, Luke said was that after the game was the essentially the guard lineups and how small they play will largely be dependent on how they can defend. Again, how small they play will depend on how they can defend. So I think that bodes well if you want to see Davion Mitchell get a lot of minutes. You know, I think that's going to be a key. So the question becomes, who, if they go, I mean, with four guards, who becomes the fourth guard? If it's defensively, it would be a, you know, a, a Terrence Davis type, you know, night. If it's off, it's a Buddy Hill type night. And I think that's the big thing that it gives you some flexibility that the Kings didn't have last season. Honestly, it was uh, predictable in a bad way, just because you knew. After your starting five, you had Tyrese Halliburton off the bench, and then it was like, eh, oh shit, what do we do now? Uh, hmm, like any, mini, miny, mo, I pick you, get on the floor. You know, it, it was really, it was really kind of that, you know, you know that it was that type of struggle, you know, to figure out a rotation and that flexibility in lineups. Uh, it translates, you know, into kind of the game, you know, and how things, how things they, how they want to play. But from what I understand, where this really helps the Kings a lot is, is in practice. And why does that matter? Uh, if you if you don't have a team that's deep enough to at least give your first unit, you know, a challenge, it puts the coaching staff in kind of a bind in terms of how you how you run a practice. Do you really want to run your starting five against your, all your second guy, unit guys? Even though, for whatever reason, the story without a practice will always be that the second unit was kicking the first unit's ass, which is probably a 
bad sign, but, you know, you don't really, you know, the way this is now, you have more guys to push starters and challenge starters, and starters can challenge a second unit, and it's real competitive, and that's what I'm get, I'm hearing is just that that's the big thing right now is that the level of competitiveness has been raised with the additional depth. So I think some of that translated into the preseason opener again. I could really care less about the result. Really, it's no big deal to me. Or it shouldn't be any big deal. But from the Kings' perspective, they got out and ran offensively. They defended at a decent rate most of the night. You know, they uh, gave up 35 in the fourth. But really, no one's looking at that going, oh, God, what happened? I mean, you're obviously, you know, playing. Your rotation is not what it would normally be in a regular season game. So I don't look at that. I look more so at the style of play. They, they seem to be playing the style of play. They want to play. They weren't happy about their turnovers. They had uh, six, you know, six you know, total of 17 in the game that led to uh, 25 points for Phoenix, which is not a good thing. They did. They only were only minus four in points off of turnovers because they forced 16 of their own. But you definitely want to get that cleaned up. But you know, in a preseason game, the first one, this is the first time this group has really had fans in. I mean. You know, outside of Davion, none of your rotation guys played in the California Classic. So this is the, you know, so I mean, there's probably a little nerves and a little excitement, all that stuff. And to me, turnovers are to be expected this time of year. Just you know, gotta clean it up down the road. So hey, I see no reason to be worried or concerned. Too much. Like I said it's early. It's the preseason. Let's see how this thing plays out. Don't read too much into who starts, who plays right now. I'm willing to just kind of kick back and see what happens. Which I'm sure many of you are as well. So, we're, uh, the rest of the Kings preseason. By the time you listen to this, they may have already been down to L.A. to play the Clippers. And so, who knows what starting lineup Luke Walton will avail for that game. You know, me being a troll, I kind of hope it's I I hope it's Marvin in a sense that I just love seeing people get all out of shape about this thing. You know, I want to see a little more Tristan Thompson out there. You know, he's a he's a pro, which, you know, on a team that has lacked a lot of that in past years, that's going to make a big difference. Just, you know, it's because he'll he'll stand out because he knows what the hell he's doing. You know, you did. You know, you got to see a little Alex Lynn in that game. You got to see, you got to see a little bit of uh, Damian Jones, Chimezi Metu. You probably see more of you know those you know guys over the course of the preseason. Matt Coleman got some run. Uh, the guys who didn't get any run in this game are, are your you know well it's no shock, but they're they're going to be probably playing for Bobby Jackson a lot. Uh, Namias Kata, you know, two way player. DJ Stewart probably headed to Stockton. Emmanuel Terry, Summer League standout, headed to Stockton. Robert Woodard, the second, second round pick last year, headed to Stockton a lot this year. You can get ready for that. So, again, like I said, there's, to me, there's a lot to like, you know, but I'm not going to start, you know, planning for the postseason off of this and get too vested either way. Just kind of, like I said, monitor the style of play. And I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, especially for a preseason opener. So, on to 
other NBA, you know, uh, Kings discussions. There's not a whole lot to discuss right now, at least from my point of view. Like I said, you know, one preseason game. I'll see how you can do against the Clippers, you know. Don't know what the Clippers will do against them, how how that thing will look. But it, the, the, the key, will, of course, will be the pace they play with at offense. Will they be willing to defend? And, yeah, and, you know, t- cut down the turnovers. Because after they play the Clippers on uh, Wednesday, they have five days before they play another preseason game. That would be at Portland. And they, you know, they wrap it up on the 14th. Now against the hosts and the Lakers, and then boom, October twentieth at Portland season opener. So about two weeks away from the opener. You know, as I'm recording through a little more than two weeks. By the time you listen, it will be probably at least two weeks, maybe thirteen days from the opener. So let's just see the progress this team can try to make in that time. So if you have any of your Kings overreactions, I'd love to hear them. You know how to hit me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Uh, if you see me on IG with the link to the pod, Mr. Jones LBC, hit me there. Let's have some fun discussing, you know, as I call it, you know, preseason basketball. Yay, yay, yay. And before I get it go any further into this uh, here, you know, brief episode Gotta, you know, want to give you guys a little tip, a little advice, what you need to do as the sports get ramped up. As you, you know, this is a basketball podcast, but you know, you know, should I say a basketball podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. But you know, we love sports all around. I'm an L.A. dude, so in hockey, I claim the L.A. Kings. You know, you, I think, you know, probably, you know, know that, but yeah, I claim the L.A. Kings and just in general, you know, hockey is back and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's your call to action, folks. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sports app, book app now and use the promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win 100 in free bets. If either team scores a goal, this is week. This, this week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we are back to the Ruler of the Court podcast. Again, I am Jason Jones, your host. And now that we're done talking basketball, uh, time for my 
favorite part or maybe your least favorite part or maybe the part where you turn tune off this whole thing uh the hip-hop portion of the show and i recorded this uh, on a tuesday night after watching the bt hip-hop awards or as i like to call it the reminder that i'm old as hell now and i don't know shit about 90 percent of people on stage what the hell you know when the host of the person i know the best is like yeah it's probably not a good sign but did check it out, and I know a few of the new guys, you know, a lot of my young homies keep me up on what's, you know, new in the game, and I'm not one of those older dudes who's like, oh, this shit they doing is wagging, and back in my day, back in my day, I swore back in the 90s that I would never become the back in my day guy, because I hated when the old folks back then hit me with the back in my day, uh, all the time about my music, crazy thing about it is, I love music from the 70s and the 60s now, <laughs> and I did back then. I don't. I just think that the young energy. We don't. No one wants to hear that their stuff is trash and they're being innovative, making money, doing what they can do with what they got. So, rather than harp on all the stuff I don't under, I didn't know or people I didn't know, I will say uh, the album of the year they got right. Tyler the Creator. To me, that's still the album of the year, hands down. Um, even with Drake, everyone else is out who who dropped before that, you know, that show aired, you know, they had 21 Savage and some, you know, other people in the category. I don't care. Tyler, that's to me, Tyler should sweep all the rap categories in the awards show this year. Will he? Won't he? I don't know. But that and he was also, you know, the, the LL Cool J Rock the Bells Award went to Tyler, the creator for his innovation and the culture and good to see that like i said you know he's a he's a la dude but he's not the stereotypical la dude it's good to see some diversity in the music game the creativity and all that all that fun stuff you know probably yo no i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say uh don't want to be called sexist but yeah i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say about the performance i wanted to see oh well what i do want to touch on is that you know like kind of the uh uh, whatever they call it, legacy, you know, I am hip hop award, blah blah blah. I call it like maybe it's a, it's a legacy award. And, uh, um, I when I look at that, I look at you know the, the this year's winner was Nelly, and I believe Nelly has one of the most one of the more underappreciated careers in hip hop. Uh, and here's how I know that. Name to me one other hip hop artist from St. Louis that made it to that had a had a major major impact. I'll wait. Exactly. Nobody hit quite like Nelly, and he kind of went into it in his speech where he said he didn't get a cosign, he didn't have some big producer jump up and it's like here's the next one. He didn't get all that. He was just a dude from St. Louis. Of all places, and you know, and he had a completely different style. It was melodic. It, you know, it was, you know, he had country music infused into it. Yeah, it was just different. I mean, but he had this real strong hip hop flair in terms of the content, the attire, the dress. You know, you know, the headbands, the jerseys, the Air Force Ones, the grills, all that stuff. So. It was nice to see Nelly honored. And like I said, I think Nelly has one of the more underappreciated careers in the game. And anyone who tells you, you know, 
And when people talk about, you know, great careers, I just don't think I hear Nelly's name enough. And his impact was, you know, great. I mean, my man almost single-handedly made uh, <laughs> BET uncut a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the chip drill video. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah. That was, you know, that might be my favorite Nelly moment. This, yeah. Probably show you the one his whole career defined by the fact that he had a music video where he slid a credit card down the crack of a woman's behind. But, whatever, that's me. Whenever I think Nelly, I think the tip drill video. I think BT Uncut. And. They need to bring BT Uncut back. Maybe let Nelly host. I don't know. Maybe he's an older family man. He wouldn't do it. But seeing Nelly on stage and all that, you know, you know uh, kind of made me start thinking about who, what are some of my favorite Nelly songs? And I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, I don't know if I'm going to jump. I was going to jump around, you know, but. I'm not going to rank them. I'm just going to tell you why some of these songs hit so well. You know, obviously, Country Grammar. You know, the song that put him on the map. And the reason why this song will always have a special place for me was because, uh, obviously, when they drop a video, you don't, you don't have the explicit version. And so, when you hear it, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is a nice little, you know, I don't want to say corny, but it's like a, you know, it's, it's dance, hip-hop. You know, yeah, 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 it's just fun to listen to. It was catchy. I remember my little niece back in the day loved country grammar. You know, it's like, you know, you know, it was just, you know, it was a cool little song. But when you get the album and you hear the, uh, the, the album version, you hear Down, Down, Baby, Yo Street and a Range Rover. And then instead, instead of going boom, boom, boom. You know, you get, you know, down, down, baby, yo street in the Range Rover, street sweeper cocked and locked, ready to let it go, hot shit. It's like, oh, why, oh, he, you know, he talking about that gangster shit now, you know, when you didn't catch that in the video, I'm like, this is a fun little song, but yeah, that was one of my first <laughs> things where I said, okay, wow, Nelly, you know, yeah, he's having fun, but he's bringing a little street edge to that, you know, to what he does, and then... You know, he obviously had on that same album, the debut album, E.I. I still say E.I., E.I., uh-oh, just randomly. So, I guess that means he had definitely had an impact on me. So, yeah, shout out to Nelly for that. Then, you know, like I said, the uh, it got, for me, it's got better and more fun. Hot in here. And I can't say, I said it wrong, it's hot in her. And I, you know... You got to be a pretty damn influential uh, rapper to make people who aren't from the country talk like their country. I, you know, I think I still at times say her, and you know, you know, remember Chingy said right there, but you know, but Nelly was first when it was hot in her, and if I ever say hot in her, you know, just randomly in conversation, it's because of Nelly. You know, it also gave you he also gave you Air Force Ones. You know, this is before we all got woke. And decided that we weren't going to, you know, promote other people's <laughs> products and all that stuff. You know, but yeah, that one was a, uh, that one was fun. And then, you know, the ultimate, one of the, one of the all-time great hip-hop love songs with Kelly Rowland Dilemma. 
And then he had the song number one, which uh, ties into some of my recent work on The Athletic. Uh, the song ended up being part of the Training Day soundtrack as well. So, yeah, you can, if you want to read, you know, my uh, take on Denzel on Training Day, it's a shameless plug right there, you know. And so, yeah, Nelly sold a gang of albums, had a gang of influence, you know, like I said, put together one of the greatest rap love songs of all time, you know, with uh, Kelly Rowland. I'm trying to think. Maybe I have to go back and revisit that. I know we talked about it before, but revisit the you know, all-time great rap love songs. You know, maybe, you know, put a twist on what we talked about before. You know, because like I said, you got to say that that's right up there. Is, is that better than um, Method Man and Mary J? I don't know. We need to discuss that, you know, at some point. And then, you know, he also gave you the reason to drop down and get your eagle on. You know, all, all like I said, you know, he gave you grills. It's a lot of just great music from Nelly. So shout out to Nelly. Glad he was honored. You know, man's got a dog on Burger King meal. You know, everyone's over there getting the, trying to get the McDonald's meal. My man went over to a different spot, secured him a bag from Burger King. And I'm not a big Burger King guy, but maybe in honor of Nelly, maybe this week I will go out and get me a Nelly meal. I don't even know what's in the damn Nelly, Nelly meal anyway, but why the hell not? You know, I didn't get that sweetie. Uh, mcdonald's meal but maybe i'll give nelly's burger king meal you know he's got to be pretty you know pretty cool if he gives me convinces me to eat a burger king which i said i rarely if ever eat a burger king so that being said you know shout out to nelly on a great career being honored at the bt hip-hop awards and all that good stuff so again I'll still be doing the podcast as long as the people at the Basketball Podcast Network allow me to drop a couple of episodes a week. Uh, just because I won't be writing about the Kings as much doesn't mean that the Kings are forgotten. They'll just be a different approach. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. And again, you know, like I said, you know, as my role kind of expands and I do some more different, broader NBA stories and a lot of stuff for, uh, for our cult, our cult, excuse me, our culture vertical at the Athletic as well. So be on the lookout. I'm still here. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Find me at uh, Instagram Mr. Jones LBC, theathletic.com, all those fun things. So you guys all be good. We'll chat again as this Kings preseason gets rolling and that regular season approaches again i am jason jones y'all be good out there y'all be safe y'all take it easy i am out gone i'm out of her for sure